Well, hello church. I just want to take a moment and welcome all of our campuses. Welcome QE2, welcome Selwyn, and welcome our Levita campuses. Now this morning is different as we're going online, but the cool thing is we're actually all joining together with our online campus. So this really has become an all-in online campus moment together. Well, I want to begin by saying welcome to 2022, but it sounds a little bit unusual to welcome you in the first week of February to 2022. However, I holidayed late this year, and so for me it just feels like, hey, I'm kind of just getting started. And yet the reality is there's been a lot of water go under the bridge of 2022 already. And uh, you're as aware as I am that once again we find ourselves in this the season where this Omicron variant is now spreading across our nation and various communities. And many people have different views on how the response should be handled. And you know there are the government mandates to work through. Uh, our gatherings as a church now uh, are different because we're having to wear masks when we gather and there's social distancing in place. And there's a whole lot of different variables around government mandates. Uh, and then there's what we do as a church, how we progress and how we move forward. I want to just say that as uh, a board and as a leadership team last year, we agreed that if Omicron cases began to spread in our city, that we would take our services online. And it's looking like that's becoming more and more a reality because the truth is that people will face uh, potential lockdowns in their homes if they're in a location of interest or they happen to be a case. And, uh, you know, we want to make sure that everybody is able to get on with life the best they can. And we also want to keep vulnerable people safe. And church, in truth, there are older people in our congregation who anytime we open the doors to church, they will attend despite what else is going on, such as the faithfulness of that generation. And even last weekend, uh, with our ticketed services, we had somebody who had to cancel coming to church because they had become a close contact of a known case. So we want to make sure that the vulnerable people in our church are safe. We want to make sure that we are not contributing at all to the spread of any of this virus. Um, we also have people in the church who help make church happen, team, worship team, tech team, volunteers all across our three locations. And a number of people have made the decision that in this particular season, they want to protect themselves and protect their families and stay away from gathering. And they're a key part to making church happen. And we totally respect their decision. So our decision is that when cases are spreading or if we can't get our team together, we're going to take our church online. And so my encouragement to everybody, even to those who maybe perhaps online is not your preferred option, it's not your favorite thing to do, you're like me and many others, we want to gather whenever we can gather, but my encouragement is this, just lean in in this season, even if it's online for a period of time, lean in give it everything you've got because this too will pass. Like every other season that's come before, this season will pass, this will end, the church will be able to gather in person again and sometime soon, just hang in and lean in in faith. Well, I have a message for you today that I feel is really a foundational message preceding the vision that God has given me for 2022. I really feel that today kind of is the launching pad for what I felt God has placed in my heart. Now, I ordinarily don't preach before I preach Vision Sunday, but with us going online, I felt there was an opportunity for me to bring this particular message to the church before we launch in to what I feel God is saying for this year. Today forms part of a message that I gave our staff just this past week. The reality is that this year, and you'll hear this as the vision unfolds, we want to be intentional 
about building lives that are focused on the expansion of God's kingdom. Building God's kingdom is a life pursuit for every believer. We want to see people become fully devoted followers of Jesus. I know that is the heart of all of us who follow Jesus. That's, in fact, the mandate of Scripture that Jesus gave us. And when we were filled with the Spirit of God, we gained a heart for unsaved people. We are each called to reach people with the reality and the truth of who Jesus is. But as we begin this year, I felt God prompt my heart for His people that within the pursuit of the expansion of God's kingdom, that we were to keep being intentional in cultivating an intimate relationship with the king of that kingdom. And his name is Jesus. If you will, it was like a wake-up moment in my spirit. Before we go to the doing, and many of us are doers, we're workers, we're builders, we want to apply our hands and get on and serve God and expand his kingdom. But before we become doers, we need to make sure that we stay in an intimate place with Jesus, that we can easily become more about building God's kingdom than about relationship with the king of that kingdom. And if that happens, in the end, our relationship with God can become dry spiritually. Or in the end, it can end up in religion, which is effort without intimacy. And we can find relationship with Jesus himself has subsequently suffered. See, the truth is we're all called to be ministers of the gospel. The Bible talks about how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Let me read that to you, Romans 10, verse 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Church, we know, don't we, that we are all on mission. And we're in mission in different places across our city, and probably for those that join us from other parts of the world, across the world. Some will build houses, some will fix cars, some will even sell houses, or do people's accounts, or or be on a sickness benefit, or be a solo parent raising kids, or be homeschooling our children, or adopting or fostering kids, or any other number of things that we do during our week. But in the midst of all of our activity, we are each called to be ministers of truth wherever we go. We have been sent. You have been sent into the world where you are placed. You've been sent not just to do a job, not just to pick up a pay packet, but you've been sent as a minister of the gospel. And what I love about this, no matter your context, whether you have a job or you don't have a job, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're healthy, whether you're sick, you still have an assignment from God that you are a minister of the good news of Jesus Christ. But if we're not aware, we can become so busy in the doing that we forget about being with God. And that's a clear distinctive that I felt the Holy Spirit prompt in my heart this year. I felt him saying many people today want God to be with them. God, would you be with me? God, I I need your help. I'm out of my depth. God, I'm in over my head. In fact, the Bible shows us that God was with David, this shepherd boy who would ultimately go on to become king of Israel. What a cool story. God was with David in his journey. We want that, right? Like we want 
God to be with us. You want God to be with you in the endeavors of your life. You want God to be with you in your business meetings, in your marriage. You want God to be present and God to be with you, right? Like that's a a heart's desire. But the key distinctive to David's journey that we see from shepherd boy to king, from obscurity to a place of position and honor, was God, yes, always being with David, how it was also David was first with God. The Bible teaches us he's a a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper who pursued God in every season. He pursued God in obscurity when nobody knew his name and nobody knew who he was. He's just a, a shepherd boy. And he pursued God when he was king. David was a worshiper, he was a warrior, and he pursued God. I think it's easy for us to get into this place where we want God to be with us. God, be a part of my efforts. God, be a part of my endeavors. God, be with me and be present in my crisis. But relationship means we should also want to be with God in every season of our lives. John 15, uh, verse 4, Jesus is teaching his disciples with a parable of the vine and the branches. And in this story in John chapter 15, we see that God the Father is the gardener, We, you and me, are the branches, and Jesus is the vine that we are to stay connected to. It tells us that the branches don't bear fruit on their own. In fact, they don't even survive if they've been pruned or cut off or no longer are attached to the vine. But watch the order here because genius is in the order. John 15 verse 4, let's read it. It starts with, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Jesus is teaching where fruitfulness comes from. It's not just from giftedness or skill of execution or intellect or popularity. Those are all great platforms for influence, but and on their own, they actually can achieve quite a lot. But remember what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 to 23, and I want to read it to you. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The reality is this, that many things can be done in the name that is above every other name. Many things can be accomplished in the name of Jesus. That name holds power. That is the name that holds authority. But true life-changing fruitfulness, and I believe this is what we're seeing in John 15, comes from connection to the vine and your own choice, your willful choice to stay connected to Him. Many times people want God to be with them, but they don't necessarily want to be with God. That's a harsh reality check, Carl, to say it that way. But what I felt in my spirit was we've got to be careful that we don't treat God like a cheap ATM machine. I only want Him when I need Him. That we get beyond treating God like a God who only shows up in my circumstances, when he's a God who wants to be with us and us to be with him all of the time. I guess this year my message is simply this, put God first. 
Not Instagram first, not Snapchat or TikTok first for an older generation who perhaps have no idea what I just said or what I was speaking about. Not the stuff app first or the newspaper first. I'm being a little bit silly, but it's put God first. First in my ministry, first in my marriage, first uh, in my business, first in my relationships, first in my career. You're getting my point. First in my time, first in my finances, first in everything. It's a principle of a yielded life where I've said, you are the Lord of my life. In other words, I'm putting you first in every area of my life. You know, I know the responsibility that I carry as church leader here at Life Church is the, leading this awesome team and leading these amazing people, that I have a responsibility to stay close to God with all that God has entrusted me with and the leadership have entrusted me with to lead God's people. I, I have a huge responsibility that I don't take lightly. However, the reality is when I read Scripture is that we are all ministers. So I think that same conviction that rests on my heart belongs to all of us because the reality is I think there are people out there that need you, you as their minister, you as the carrier of the gospel, you as the one that brings hope into their life, you as the one who is a sign that God is a merciful God and turns your life around. There are people who need your, you to be responsible for the carrying of the good news to them. I think it's a conviction on every believer at different levels for us to carry in our hearts. I feel in 2022, entering the third year, I can't believe I'm even saying this, the third year of the pandemic, God is actually calling his people back to intimacy with him. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And from that place, we serve God and we build God's church and we advance God's kingdom. It's out of the overflow of relationship with God that we now minister to others. We need a mindset, I believe we need a mindset where intimacy with Him does not replay, be replaced by our perceived important schedule. Please don't get me wrong, schedules are important, hard work is important, but busyness can get in the way of intimacy with Christ. And I felt, even looking at my own schedule as I start this year, that God's saying, understand that your schedule comes from the priority set from intimacy with God. In other words, what is it that God wants me to do? What is it that God wants me to spend my time on? Where does God want me to invest myself? Time alone with Him can so often not appear in our planning. We sit down with our planners at the start of the year. I don't know how many of you do this. And you might be planning holidays and we're planning you know, strategy and planning uh, different meetings that we might be a part of. And so often God doesn't show up in our planning or time with Him doesn't. I'm much too busy doing kingdom activities even or, or other things that I forget about the king of the kingdom. The bigger the build, what I mean by that is the bigger the calling in God and we each have a calling in God to take the gospel to a world that needs to know about Jesus. The, the bigger that call in our hearts, the deeper the foundations must be dug. And the foundation is intimacy with that cornerstone whose name is Jesus Christ. What often replaces a healthy relationship with Jesus is this, and this is a context to my world, oh God, I've got to preach. So Lord, would you be with me? Oh no, I've got to pray for a sick person and have faith. God, would you be with me? I have bills and I have demands to meet. God, would you be with me? I have a business deal to finalize, a house to build, a mortgage to pay. I've got kids to raise. I've got a marriage to keep together. I've got a, a team to coach. I've got a diagnosis to overcome. God, I need you to be with me. Now, there's nothing wrong with any of those things or prayers relating to those things. They're great prayers to pray, and God is desperately interested in what we are walking through. But many of those things 
are our call to God to show up for us when we find ourselves under pressure. And I feel God's call is for us to pursue Him, not just for what we want from God or what we need from Him when we need it, but to pursue God for who He is. And see, that really is the posture and heart of overflow of worship, is I'm not just pursuing God for what I can get from God, I'm pursuing God for who He is. Many of you know my story where I felt God in my own journey of healing, I felt God speak to me and say, in the midst of pursuing your healing, make sure you pursue the healer. Don't just pursue an outcome, but pursue the God of the outcomes. And I feel there's a stirring in my spirit, even as I'm speaking this to you today, that God is wanting to emphasize that for us. Just pursue God for who God is. I feel God is saying, my son, my daughter, come away with me. Choose relationship with me. The best decision that you can make in 2022 is come away with me, the Lord says, my beloved. Come away. It's a, you'll find this in the Song of Solomon. Come away with me, my beloved. It's an invitation to the loved for intimacy, not for transaction. It's not come to me when you just need something from me. It's come away with me. Spend time with me. Have the intimate desire to be in relationship with God. See, God wants you to build in intimacy. Build it into your life so you can build out His kingdom so you can be effective in the expansion of God's kingdom. He does not want your building his kingdom to cause you to fall away from a my beloved revelation. He wants you to work from a revelation that you are loved by God before you do anything for him. That is the foundation of what we expand God's kingdom. When we talk about let's get out on mission, let's make a difference, let's change lives, let's be a part of the transformation of our city, let's reach nations, let's have a mercy account that brings blessing to people, let's be missional, let's expand what God is calling us to before any of those outcomes are present. We first have this invitation to intimacy with God. He just wants to be with you before you do anything for Him. He does not want you to lose sight of how loved that you are. Remember that doing for God is not the same as being with God. Man, have I learned this revelation in my own life. Working for God as a pastor, as a minister, working for God is not the same as being with God. We can find ourselves serving God if we're not careful, but yet not close to Him. In Luke 10, we see the account that can briefly illustrate this for us today. It's a story where Mary and Martha uh, invite Jesus into their home. It's only about four verses long, but there's this powerful exchange. There's these powerful moments and lessons that we learn about relationship with Christ and the kind of relationship that Jesus is looking for. Luke 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now watch Jesus' response. Martha, Martha. It's a loving, soft response, but it's strong. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I want you to notice something about this passage. Notice that it was Martha who actually invited Jesus into her home. That was her invitation. God be with me. When we open our homes to people, 
We want to host them. We want them to come in. We want them to be a part of our lives. It's a, an intimate expression of your welcome in my space and in my home. And Mary, uh, Martha, sorry, invites Jesus into her home. So she brings the invitation, God, come be with me. But then she gets so busy, so busy with all the tasks, so busy with everything that had to be done, she missed out on being with God. Mary, on the other hand, sat at Jesus' feet. You know, as we preach this passage, I've done it numbers of times myself and many others have as well. Martha gets a hard time in this sermon and sermons about this passage. But in truth, many of us are more often like Martha if we truly want to admit it than we are like Mary. And in our culture, hard work is rewarded and hard work is acknowledged and hard work is important and we must work hard. But I feel like it's better to be both Mary and Martha. Don't get caught just being Martha. Be Mary and Martha. Let that be our posture. I'll say it this way. Work from intimacy, not work instead of intimacy. We need Mary moments before we have Martha assignments. We need Mary moments before we have Martha assignments, before we get out on mission, before we get out and do the work for God and His kingdom. We need Mary moments where we just sit at the feet of the one who loves us, who gave up his life for us, who wants relationship with us. The reality is there is work to be done. We're going to talk about this this year. We must build, but it comes from the fruitful place of relationship with Jesus, not from replacing that fruitfulness with work for Jesus. We can each do a deep dive into our hearts at the beginning of this year and evaluate if we've unwittingly found ourselves transactional with God on our terms. Have you ever experienced being around a crowd of people? I have. I wonder if you've ever experienced this. You're, there's a crowd of people. There's even friends around, but you still feel alone somehow. And you think, what a strange day. I, I went to that and I still feel lonely. And the question I have is, if that's the case, there are people around, people close to you, but you still feel lonely. What is missing? Not people, because people are there. I believe what's missing is a deeper connection where conversations are really getting below the surface to a, a meaningful connection. There you begin to feel known. There you begin to feel understood. There you begin to feel accepted. Somehow you can be in a crowd and still feel lonely. But if somebody takes an interest below the surface, if you get a deep human connection, then you feel understood and you feel heard and you feel known. That is in truth what we have been designed for. That's why we still value the gathering of God's church whenever we can gather, and we'll gather in homes when we're doing it online if we're able to do that, because we are built for human connection. We're designed for it, and we're also designed to be connected that way to God, not just be where God is, that's proximity, like Martha, but to get below the surface to closeness with God. It's both proximity and intimacy. If we're not intentional about that, we can accidentally find ourselves anchored to outcomes, almost enamored with outcomes of our work, so much so that we are no longer anchored to Jesus himself, but rather to the outcomes associated with serving Jesus. And for many leaders in churches, we have to be so conscious that we're not so outcome-driven that we forget about intimacy with Christ. We forget about the one that we're serving. We forget about the God who gave us those outcomes in the first place because we can become so in love with outcomes. It feels good. Things are advancing. Things are moving. Maybe this is true in your world, in your business, in your life. But I feel God saying, come on, let's not, let's not forsake time with the King, with the one whom we're serving, because it's not sustainable to serve God without relationship with Him. 
It ends up, end up looking like a deep relationship because it's achieving some things. There's good things coming, but at what cost? Is it coming at a cost of genuine connection with Christ? It happens unwittingly through busyness and distractions, and it can become a pattern for leaders and for people over time if we don't do a check in our hearts. Am I, am I building from intimacy, or am I building because I'm caught up in the work of the kingdom? I believe the enemy's plan to take you out or lessen your effectiveness or enjoyment of serving Jesus is to distract you from getting below the surface and getting into deep connection. It's how he isolates people from people, but it's also how he isolates people from God. I want to make this relationship as surface level and as shallow as possible. I want to distract you with busyness. I want to distract you with good works. I want to distract you with a whole lot of good things that seem permissible. They're good. There's good fruit coming from them. And if I can just distract you with all the things that need to get done like Martha, then perhaps you'll miss out at sitting at the feet of Jesus like Mary. God the Father would rather you stopped your work for him than stopped living out of intimacy. Better though is both, that we find that place of closeness to God afresh this year. Maybe this year is the year to correct that or to be aware of the schemes of the enemy to take you out of the place of intimacy. Perhaps, and I'm going to be a bit cheeky here, but perhaps you can re- replace Netflix binging. Not that any of you binge on Netflix, but maybe you can replace Netflix binging with a prayer binge one Friday night. I can almost feel the youth in the church cringing at that. I can almost feel my son cringing that I even said that. But what about if it was a true reality? I'm going to binge prayer one night. I'm going to spend a good amount of time with God. Take a walk and pray. Take a walk and talk to God. Attach prayer to the regular things that you do every day. You drive your car every day, pray in the car. Make that your place of prayer. If you work out, make that your place of prayer. The shower, make that your place of prayer. Things you do regularly every day, Maybe it's ironing. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's mowing the lawns. You don't obviously do that every day. But whatever the activity is that you do, make it something that you've attached prayer to. Let's not treat God like an Instagram reel when it comes to prayer or the Word. Just a quick flick through, and I'm on to the next thing that I've been hanging out to do. I believe the flow of anointing and power that produces fruitfulness that can change lives is not found only in God with us, but us with God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. When we talk about anointing, we talk about the flow of the Holy Spirit through our lives that affects change in someone else's life, brings transformation into somebody else's life. It's a work of the Spirit that brings about kingdom fruitfulness through our lives. You want the overflow of your life that affects change in other lives to be one that was found in intimacy, not through a transactional faith. The best servants give the best to others birthed out of intimacy with God. The theme of this closeness to God came to me at the end of last year and beginning of this year, and I felt God been really stirring my heart so much. Come on, we're going to, before we launch into this, this idea of building and expanding God's kingdom, the vision that we're going to cast around that is, is to get people to a place again where we just say, you know what, I want to be in that place of surrender, closeness to God. And it's a theme that's continued to be stirring in my heart. And there's a couple of prophets that I follow uh, through social media, and I just read a couple of their posts, and they lined up so much with what I felt God was saying and really confirmed to me this message that I brought to you this morning. I just want to read you from the, the two prophets what they had to say. One's short, one's quite long. Our personal prayer life, it's Prophet David McCracken, our personal prayer life keeps us in tune with the Father's heart, and it's from the full well that we should minister to people publicly. 
Our words should carry weight in the spiritual realm because of our intimacy with God. The second prophet, Nate Johnson, shared this. Who else feels this? Asks the question. So much hustle, so much bustle, but my spirit is pulling me away to get fresh oil. I'm building more than I have ever built behind the scenes and planning and dreaming and getting fresh vision, but I just want the oil. I just, in other words, I just want God's presence. I could leave it all behind for that one pursuit, and I feel that oil has become less sought after than ever. We've become the drivers who've been used to driving dangerously close to empty and choose the secret place only in damage control instead of for intimacy. We've been so focused on what the past seasons of encounter produced that we've not sowed into what's coming tomorrow. Lamps are getting low, yet praises only ring out for the ones putting on a show with their last drops. We've stood for the encore of popular Christianity, but have failed to teach a generation to give their lives. And this captures it for the audience of one. That's what we are getting back to. We must. I can feel the beckoning deep in my spirit and suddenly aware of overflow that I need to live in, just to break even, just to live beyond survival. I need fresh oil. I need a fresh sense of God's presence. Without it, we fall. We trip up. We lose our purity and rationalize perversion. We lose sense of real justice and create our own versions. We idolize ourselves and lose our dependence on God, and we stop seeing power, signs, wonders, and we live under the ceilings of our own personal achievements. We must pursue the oil of His presence. Without it, we have nothing to build with. Without it, we may as well recycle the blueprints of the last season because nothing new will flow. And remember, where there is oil, there is also fragrance, and you are that fragrance. And where there is oil, there is also fire. Let's pursue the Lord more than anything else this year. And I just felt as I read those two prophetic words that they connected with my heart as the leader of Life Church and as a dad, as, as a husband, that, God, I need to be in that place, that secret place. More often, not to play catch-up, but to get in advance of what is coming. And that's the challenge, and I guess that's the encouragement that I want to leave with us this morning as church. If we're going to affect change for the kingdom of God, if we're going to expand the kingdom of God, if we're going to live in what can be an uncomfortable place at times, we need to be coming out of that place of intimacy with the Lord. I want the privilege this morning, of, as I finish up here, just to pray for you. And there's a couple of areas that I, I've really felt to pray for to begin, but I want to say this prayer connects us to God. That's the power of prayer. That's why we take at the end of a message a moment to pray and to minister. It connects us to God and it brings us to vulnerability before Him. Where in humility we open our hearts to Him. And, you know, wherever you are watching from home or maybe you're on holiday, wherever you are, maybe you're watching this later, I'm just encouraging you just to close your eyes and just open your heart to the Lord. And let's let this moment of prayer connect us again to the person of Jesus Christ. Let's let the Holy Spirit illuminate Jesus afresh for us as we begin this year. And I pray this would be more than a message. You know, that you've heard the words that I've shared, but I'm praying today that this would connect with your hearts. This call to my beloved, come away with me. Maybe for some of you, this feels slightly foreign. It's kind of like, I don't know, I don't do a lot of the prayer and word. I don't do a lot of the worship stuff. I do it corporately, but really for me, I don't do it much in my personal life and you know, I get on with my business and things go well and I don't often stop and consider God. And I'm feeling a challenge in my spirit that this year, 
church to be the church wherever we've been sent and wherever we've been placed. We need the presence of God to fill our cup to overflowing, that our, the overflow of our life would be fruitfulness for the kingdom of God. That to truly live selflessly in a selfish world, we're going to need the presence and power, the oil of God in our lives that would help us to live out missionally our lives. So it's a call and a challenge to find a place, find time, get it in your schedule to be in the presence of God on a daily basis, to start to put Him first, and to put Him first in every area of your life. You know, as I came back from leave this year and we started under the red light setting, I felt a real pull in my heart for principals of schools and teachers. You know, it's hard in churches. I know it's hard for businesses and I'm feeling the pain for many people, but I really felt an emphasis in my heart to pray for principals and teachers of a difficult job of looking after our tamariki, looking after our kids, having to wear masks, having to balance everything for children, having to teach, having to lead, and having to raise the next generation. And there's a pressure that comes. There's the pressure from parents. There's the pressure from the education system. There's a pressure from the government. You've got pressure all around your life. And, you know, maybe today you're gathered with a teacher or gathered with a principal. If you feel bold enough, I know we've got a number of principals in our church. If you feel bold enough and you're, you're with them, let's place hands on them. So we can impart something and pray. So God, we just thank you for every principal of school, schools and every teacher. Lord, we're asking today for great wisdom upon their lives as they've got to make decisions on a daily basis as there's so many different scenarios that they face. We just dedicate our teachers and principals to you. We ask that you give them great wisdom. We ask that you help them in their leadership roles. That, God, you fill them to overflowing. Even now, Holy Spirit, would you fill their cup to overflowing? I know that as you started this year, for many of you, you felt like you'd had a holiday, but you come back under this red light setting. It's like fatigue instantly was waiting for you. You're sitting under the weight of responsibility, of change, of having to be flexible and adaptable. And I just pray right now, God, equip them for the season in their lives, that you are the helper, you're the one we turn to, so help them in this season. Lord, we just release a special grace to them right now. Grace them for this season, I pray. Give them patience beyond their natural person. They would have patience. They would have understanding. They would have mercy that would be on their lips whenever they're responding to difficult situations. For principles, give them a great authority. But the love of God would flow through their lives. And they would affect change in their schools and in their communities. Thank you for teachers this year who said yes to teaching kids under difficult circumstances. Lord, for nurses and doctors and healthcare professionals and those in rest homes, the challenges that they face, thank you for their commitment to the care of people. And I pray that they would have a grace upon their lives, that God, they'd be graced for the season. They would have enough oil, enough energy, enough sense of passion in their hearts to keep serving people, knowing that they're ministers of truth wherever they go for business leaders, for parents for people in difficult and challenging leadership roles. We just pray your presence be with them, your grace that's all sufficient be upon them. And Lord, for us as a church, for our people, I pray that we would be people who would serve out of intimacy with you, that we would give of our finances because of a personal connection with Jesus, because we understand we put Jesus first in every part of our lives. I pray we would minister 
wherever we go, and this is the key one, we would minister from overflow of a deepening connection with the Holy Spirit. I just pray, Holy Spirit, just touch hearts afresh today. This Waitangi weekend, wherever people are, Holy Spirit, touch their hearts. That we would start this year where our foundation of our faith would be intimacy with God. We'd know what it is to sit at your feet like Mary did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.